Good morning. <clears throat> Boy, y'all's fired up this morning. <laughs> uh, before we go any further, let's just open up in a word of prayer. <clears throat> God, we come to you today, Lord. Thankful, God, for this opportunity to be here. Thankful for everyone that's here. God, and thank you for the worship service. Lord, right now as we get into the message, God, I pray that you just open up our eyes and our hearts. Uh, pray that you'd speak to me and through me, God. Lord, and just show us what we stand in need of today, God. Lord, in everything we do, God, we pray that we just glorify you and we honor you. Lord, it's not by us, but it's only by you. We give you all the praise and glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> uh, this message is pretty fresh from my heart. Uh, it's kind of weird, though. I was, I kind of know what I want to say, uh, but I, I don't. I was trying to write it out to a point, and it was just really hard to write out. I don't know if that makes any sense. So some of it's scripted, and the last half of it's not scripted at all. So I don't know what it'll look like. I don't know what it'll feel like. But for whatever reason, it, I just struggled to get uh, my thoughts out on paper and, and get my thoughts organized. <clears throat> uh, so with that being said, y'all y'all be praying for me. Any extra prayers? Uh, We'll go a long way this morning. <clears throat> I want to start it out in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And it's worth saying, like always, that I speak from a place of conviction, not condemnation. And I don't know how long this will be. Two things I always say. It's typically pretty short. Yeah, if you're, if, if you're a visitor, I don't mean that like I'm going to be real long-winded, but most people know that. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 12 the Bible says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. You know, I think so many times in our life, <clears throat> you've got your open sin that everybody knows about, and you've got your baggage, and then you've got your own little, your own little separate sin that nobody knows about, but God knows about it. But if you've, if you've got your little sin that nobody knows about, so you don't get judged for it, and you don't get no pushback from anybody for it, <clears throat> it's real easy to say, it's okay, I've got everything under control. But the Bible says that God knows it all. Amen. That every thought, every bad feeling in your heart, God sees it all, and will, it'll all come into judgment before Him. <clears throat> I wanted to talk a little bit about sin. Sin, no matter how small it is, in the end, leads somewhere terrible. Sin is horrible. And, and, and it's, not, it's not something that anybody here is immune to. The Bible teaches that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one is deserving of heaven. But the Bible teaches that everyone deserves hell because we've all sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. It's only by God's grace that we have an opportunity to go to heaven through His Son, Jesus. Amen. But this sin, it's, it's, it's crazy how quickly it can damage your life. 
It's, it's crazy how it can, it can sneak up on you and you don't even notice it. You don't even realize it. And then the next thing you know, you find yourself off in this, this far land. You find yourself, man, well, how did I get here? My wife's gone. My kids are gone. Life's a mess. I've got a bunch of bills I can't afford to pay. And not necessarily sin gets you into some of them things, but a lot of times, that's what sin does. And the Bible's very clear that, that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you know, you can, you can come to a church every single Sunday and be a long way away from God. Amen. You can come to church every Sunday, sit in the same spot in the same pew, and you can stand up and you can worship, and you can go through all the motions that everybody else does, and you can be just as lost as some guy out on the street addicted to drugs. There's a difference between being close to God, being with an earshot of God, and being able to see God, and really living for God. Amen. Really hungry and thirsty for God. Really wanting to upbuild His kingdom. Really wanting to impact others. <clears throat> and sin, a little sin comes into your life and it goes unnoticed and it grows. It grows and, and it separates us from God. That relationship that you have with God, that thing that's so precious, it just starts to destroy it. And it starts to destroy your relationships with other people. And next thing you know, this sin, this little bitty sin that come out of nowhere, it's turned into something bad and you don't even recognize your own life. Sin. It's, it's the worst thing on this earth. James 1.14 and 15 says this. It says, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. And then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. You know, the Bible's very clear that a life of sin will lead to hell. And that's not, a popular, that's not popular to say anymore. A life of sin will get you straight to one place. And the Bible teaches that broad is the road that's full of sin, and many will go down it. And it leads to one place, and it is hell. <clears throat> one thing that I've noticed when, when people are confronted about sin, and not necessarily in the context of, oh, you're sinning, but one thing that I've noticed at school, you know, there'll be two students... In a, in a tiff with each other or whatever, and you'll, you'll confront them. Hey, don't you know that, that, that when you said that, it probably hurt that person's feelings? Or don't you know you shouldn't have done that because there's this ramification for that? And you know the response that I hear the most? And, and if you look, you'll see this response everywhere. You'll see this response in every argument of good and bad always. I don't care. That's the response that you'll get out of 90% of everyone. When they're confronted with their sin, when they're confronted with this problem, when they're confronted with this, how you shouldn't be living together, whatever it is, I don't care. And it might not sound like that. It might, it might sound like a bunch of excuses, but at the end of the day, it's I don't care. And you know, I, I think about that, and I, I think about this, this hidden sin, 
You know, everybody deals with their own little sin that they just kind of know about, that nobody else knows about but you and God. It's, it's your own little thing. And I wonder how many times the Holy Spirit convicts us of something. And we look back at God and say, I don't care. Maybe not in those terms, but when you're convicted and you refuse to change, what you're telling God is, I don't care. You know, Jesus said, if anyone wants to be my disciple, he must first, what? Deny himself. If anyone would come after me, he must first deny himself. If you're going to be a part of this, and, and, you're, and I want to live like Jesus, and I want to be a part of His kingdom, and I want to help advance His kingdom, and I want to be a light to others, and I really want to walk the walk, and I want to talk the talk, I want to be a real deal Christian, I don't want to be complacent where I'm at, then it starts with realizing it's not always about me. It's not about what I want. If anyone would come after me, he must first deny himself. Take up his cross daily and then follow me. Amen. But it starts with realizing it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. God gives us these rules and these regulations and He says, follow them. This is how it is. And it's amazing how many quote-unquote Christians go through this life just living, breaking all these rules and regulations. And every time we're confronted by it, what we tell God is, I don't care. That's the number one response. Two kids in trouble at school, you pull them aside, you get on to them. Why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. It comes down to this. I don't care. I just wonder how many times we do that to God. I don't care. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 15. <clears throat> See, now we've, we've entered to the half of the sermon that's completely unscripted now. <clears throat> Luke chapter 15, and we're going to start in verse 11. A very familiar passage from the Bible. Jesus is speaking, and the Bible says, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, He said, Father, give me the share of this estate. So he divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, and he set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. I want to stop right there. You know, the Bible says that there was, there was this man and he had two sons. And the younger one said, Dad, I want my stuff given to me. And uh, Dad gave it to him. And the Bible says not long after that, the son set out and he went and did his own thing. And he went off to a far country and the Bible says that he squandered all that he'd been given in wild living. <clears throat> blew it all. And I don't, know what, I don't know what this looks like back then. I don't, camel races, betting on camel races. I don't, he blew it all, though. 
And uh, the Bible says that after he had spent everything that he had, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. You know, sin for a season is always fun. You know, if you're just out in the party scene, you know, that's, that's all fun for a while. And you know, you see, you see so many people that's in this, they're still stuck in high school. You, still, you see these people that live like they're in high school, but they're like 40 and have two kids. Yeah, it's not, there comes a time when it, it's no longer cool. It's no longer fun. And the Bible says that this young man, he went out and he, he spent everything that he had. And then all of a sudden, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. He didn't have nothing. And the Bible says that he went and he, and he hired himself out to this man and, and he told him to go feed the pigs. And man, he was so hungry that he longed to eat what he was feeding the pigs. <clears throat> and this is what sin does. This is the end of the road for sin. This is where it takes you. This is where it leads. And the sad part is that some people will never come out of that. They will live their whole life scraping by, not fulfilled, hungry for something more, and they can't quite figure out what it is, not realizing that what they're missing is Jesus. Amen. And they'll spend their whole life longing to have what everybody else has. That's what I need. I, just, I want that. Not knowing that what they really need is an encounter with Jesus Christ. Amen. What they really need is to know the Father. What they really need to do is go back home. <clears throat> and so, as we continue, the Bible says in verse 17, it says, When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and I will go back to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. And the Bible says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son. And he threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. The son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. <clears throat> I think so many times we spend our life out in this far land and we come to the senses. We, we hit rock bottom, whatever it is. And we come around. And we, we know what we need to do, which is come here. Amen. We know that we need to go back to God. But there's so much shame and there's so much guilt tied to that sin. We look around and we say, man, God don't want me. At least that's how it is for my, in my life. Where I've messed up before and I've, I've done wrong and I know what I need to do, but man, I just feel, I feel so convicted. I feel so down. And, and Satan will tell you, he's like, you're not worthy. You don't need to go back. You've already asked forgiveness for this. 
And so we don't necessarily live off in a far place. We just kind of hang around the gate of Dad's place. We just kind of come to church and we just sit through the services with this guilt, with this shame, dealing with all these things, knowing that maybe the best, play, the best thing we can do is come here. The best thing we can do is run to Him. But we've got this guilt and we've got this shame. We feel so far away. But the Bible says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion and he ran to his son. Man, God loves us so much. God loves you so much. And Satan will lie to you and he'll say, you're not worthy. You've already asked for forgiveness for this. And you went right back to it. God forgave you. He ain't going to do it again. That's what Satan will tell you. But let me remind you of this. God demonstrates His love for you in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. You know, being a Christian don't mean being perfect. I fell every single day. I struggle every single day. But God calls us to get back up and still seek Him. Amen. To run back to Him. I think so many times we're discouraged as Christians because we think God's not going to forgive us again. God's not going to, He's not going to give me the grace that He showed me the last time. And so we hang out at the gate and we settle for complacency and we just come into church and we just go through the motions and we deal with our guilt and our shame. And maybe some of it's because we don't want to change and we just tell the Holy Spirit and the conviction that I don't care. But the best place you can do is turn to God. Because when we take that step toward Him, God's faithful. He comes to you. If you'll just seek Him, the Bible says that while He was still a long way off, His Father saw Him and was filled with compassion, and He ran to His Son. And God wants to run to you. Amen. And He wants to give you the best robe. He wants to give you a ring. He wants to put sandals on your feet. He wants to equip you. He wants to love you. More than anything in this world, the most important thing we can do is have a relationship with God. Amen. Is live a life that's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And, and you all have heard me say this before. If you want to impact your kids, you want to impact your family, you want your family to be filled with love, then man, give them this. The most important thing we can do for our kids is tell them about this. Tell them about Jesus. Take them to church. Live, live like Jesus. <clears throat> AJ, if you'll come. <clears throat> I want to close with a passage back into Hebrews 4, which is what we started with. The Bible says, Therefore, since we have this great high priest that is ascended into heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And so many times, I think us as Christians struggle with something. And we just settle for less. 
We hang outside of dad's gate. We're a long way off. We're not necessarily out living a wild life, blowing, living prodigally. We just hang out at the gate. Happy to stay here. Because we're afraid that God's not going to forgive us again. We don't feel worthy. You've got this sin. You've got this shame. Man, I've messed it up so many times. There's no way God will forgive me again. I'm just a giant mess up. And you know, the Bible says that the son went to his father. And he said, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. He didn't come back and says, man, I, I blew it all and I, I want what I had back. He, he come back and he said, Father, just make me like one of your hired hands. I'm not worthy to be called your son. But what did the father do? The father said, go get the best robe. You know the best robe was the father's robe? This was his estate. This was his kingdom. He said, go get the best robe. Go get the ring. Go put sandals on his feet. Go get the fattest calf out there because we're going to celebrate. You know, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. They have a party in heaven. Every time one man who's in a mess, who's at rock bottom, turns to God and he repents and he leaves that life of sin and he comes to the Father, all of heaven rejoices. So I'm here to tell you today, I don't know where you're at, but God knows exactly where you're at. Nothing's hidden from God. He knows right where you are. And if you've been hesitating or you've been waiting or you're thinking that He's, he's not going to forgive you, that you're wrong. God is here today and He loves every one of us and He wants nothing more but to have a relationship with you. God loves us today. God's for us today. If y'all stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If anybody wants to pray for any reason, consider these altars open. God, we come to you today, Lord, thankful for who you are, thankful for your grace and your mercy, God. Lord, and right now I pray for every single person in this room, God, that you'd show each and every one of us what we stand in need of, God. Lord, I pray that you would convict us, God, when we do wrong. I pray that you'd give us a desire, God, you'd put something on the inside of us, God, that wants to know you more. God, help us to turn from sin, God, and help us to seek you in everything that we do. Help us to honor you, God. Help us to build a life on your strong foundation. Lord, this is not by us, but this is only by you, God. I pray that you bless us. I pray that you keep us. I pray that you lead us. Give you all the praise and glory. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.